previously on the Infinite Escape Room. It's mad, isn't it? The cracks continue to spread. I have a perfect plan. So I thought, how about if I just stroll into the middle of the room, take my pants down, and uh, pretend to tie my shoelaces? It's basically Hamlet, isn't it? Heroes, villains, and people who think pineapple belongs on pizza. Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Escape Room puzzling podcast with a group of geographically diverse pals, in this case very geographically diverse, is a whole ocean that separates us. We meet up, have a couple of drinks, and work together to solve a homemade escape room of the ears. This is Jamie, your captain speaking, and tonight I am drinking a double dragon ale from Velin Voyle, the oldest brewery in Wales, brewed in the mountains, streams, and hills, dales, and council estates of Llanelli. <laughs> How is it? All that sounds great. <laughs> it's delicious, and it only cost me like £1.35 for the bottle, so I'm happy in many, many aspects. And locked in with me today, we have some wonderful solvers for you. I'm riggedy diggedy oh, I can't even talk. I'm riggedy diggedy oh, I can't, mate. Hi, I'm Mike. I can't talk. Um, what I can do is go to the fridge and uh, cop out by getting a Bud Light. That's right. Bud Light for when you've just, you know, given up. Um, and it's fine. It's like fizzy pop, but beer. <laughs> what What is the percentage of that? Is that but is it a light light? It is. It is. It is actually genuinely light, which is why I've gone to it. It's um, three point five percent, which you could give that to children. Squash. <laughs> that's that's just hop juice. It's like fizzy up <laughs> in a baby bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, it actually comes with like a, one of those little teat attachments, so you can just sort of <laughs> suck it in bed as you, as you nod off. It's lovely. You're definitely going to hire him for the uh, yeah. next uh, app. <laughs> Not sponsored by Bud Light. Not sponsored. <laughs> and we have some, have some special guests on this episode this week as well. All the way from across the sea, we have Brandon and Cece from Escape the Rumours. Hello, hey. hello. What's going hello everyone. And nice to be back for sure. Yeah. Second definitely, time. Definitely uh, always fun to stop by the Infinity Escape Room. Yeah. <laughs> the Infinite. Sorry. Yeah. Infinite. <laughs> Okay, we'll cut that bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we won't. Don't do it, Jamie. Leave it in. That's Leave the shame in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we're on uh, on a keto diet, so we don't have cool drinks. But what are you drinking? I am she drinking. has a puzzle cup. I know I that. Puzzle cup. Ooh. Also, not Ooh. really uh, doing any sponsorships or no anything sponsorship, like that. No sponsorship, but it is a puzzle. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, you know, one of those that have like a barcode and you can scan be some information on. Um, but just uh, plain coffee with uh, sugar-free sugar. And pistachio cream. <laughs> a pistachio cream, yeah. That's sugar. so good. Pistachio cream? Yeah. Sugar-free, unsweet pistachio cream. Really yummy. Very good. That sounds incredible. Uh, I'm more amazed by the sugar-free sugar. Sugar-free sugar. <laughs> I mean, that's just air. Or just gr gravel. Lint. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar-free sugar. I also have a sugar-free drink. Uh, so I'm a huge fan. Again, not sponsoring this, but I do love this beverage. Um, but they can sponsor back if they want to. Oh, yeah. It, uh, your choice. <laughs> we love, we love. And I don't even know if it's offered in the UK, but it's Reed's. Uh, real ginger ale, zero sugar. Um, it has uh, monk, uh, erythritol and monk fruit extract. No uh, sucralose or any of the other stuff that's a little bit unhealthy yeah not really good for you um but so good so refreshing uh definitely my beverage of choice reads real ginger ale zero wow. sugar. i think we should be on their nice. own like advertising 
Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a perfect little eye dent there for uh... <laughs> Yeah, for, for people as well who are obviously like hearing this with their ears. Brandon just did like a real like it was right up with the camera. The branding was front and center. I mean, I was I was buying that advert. I was looking for the skip button on YouTube. Yeah, I, I, realized, I was like I was so convinced that was an advert. I realized they're not seeing this. I just you know, I had to act it so out just to give you more more oomph, you know? Yeah. So much pizzazz. Yeah. Right. And there, there was me implying that my beer was brewed in the Welsh equivalent of a trailer park. So I think that sponsorship has died already. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. There's always other breweries to make fun of. This beer is delicious, by the way. This is why Brandon and Cece will get sponsors and we won't, Jamie. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still working on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think a lot of our listeners will know uh, you from Escape the Rumors because you were on an episode previously with us, uh, but they might not know you're behind the Masterminds series. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that? Uh, uh, coming up on episode 78, uh-huh. um, yeah. uh, season four, uh, we started buying the Masterminds during the pandemic, actually, so that we can connect the audience with the creators of these at-home games because at-home games definitely deserve the attention because people weren't going out to solve puzzles or you know, going to skate rooms or puzzle hunting. So we wanted to provide, uh, you know, a little bit backstory on how these games are being created, what's up and coming, what's new. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are like mom and pop shops that just uh, first started creating their puzzles, and you know, they say hi. Games, yeah, and there are puzzle communities, and we just want to like connect a face to the creators and the games that are putting out. Because a lot of people won't back a Kickstarter without seeing like who they are to be like, oh, this is a scam. We're not yeah. gonna do it. Um, or like they also don't have any, you know, previous like reviews or or people that they can like reference to that they previously created games before um, and also like what content uh, the games are actually in. So when we have them on the show, we can kind of show the game contents and things like that. So as we branched out, like this is our season four of Beyond the Magic of Minds, we now bring out a little more um, extension of just not just at home games, but also escape room creators, uh, more of a generic like topic over just at home games. Cause we feel like, like the recent one that's coming up is going to be the longest escape rooms in the world, which is like um, Paradox Project in Greece, three-hour games, and palace then also games. palace games that have 100 minutes plus, and we want to know what the secrets are behind them because, you know, they're award-winning escape rooms, um, and there's not that many out there that will create, like, long uh, experiences, but um, we're trying to see, like, where the trends are going, where, you know, and then all the... Uh, People who are listening are are also like owners and also enthusiasts. So they always get to learn something. And the best thing is we have a raffle that goes with every episode. So a lot of the uh, lucky winners will be able to enjoy one of their games as well. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, yeah, you, you guys are partly responsible for my complete lack of money. Whenever I <laughs> listen to an episode, see someone's got a Kickstarter, I'll oh, go on, then I'll throw a few coppers in, in that way. But after 70 odd episodes, yeah, the coppers are now dry. <laughs> Definitely, uh, we love them, and I'm I'm glad that they're they have that, you know, out there for people who want to puzzle at home, you know. So whatever we can do to shine light on the creativity behind that, and you know, even for people who've been on our show, I mean, who are watching our show, some of them are actually thinking about being creators. So they're kind of giving them like the steps or some of the secret sauce to how do I do that if I wanted to. So. Before we begin, I'd like to give a huge thank you to our Patreons for supporting us and all the weird stuff that we do on the audio waves. You are the wind beneath our wings, the candle in the window, and cold dark winter's night, and other 80s power ballad references. <laughs> and this week, I want to give us... The meat in our loaf. 
Oh, I like that one. I'm going to add that from, from next month onwards. <laughs> and this week, I'm going to give a special shout out to three of our wonderful Patreons. Christopher Chung, Charlotte Knowles, and Jen McFilmy. Thanks very much to all of you for keeping us off the streets and on the air. We love you. So, what is the Infinite Escape Room? Well, it's much like the escape rooms you're used to seeing out in the real world, but this one stretches across all known themes, dimensions, and multiverses. And because it's one of my episodes, there's a lot of IP infringement as well. So buckle up. And yes! And because it's infinite, there is no end. Every room in the infinite escape room links wonderfully into the next in one big, never-ending escape experience adventure. Each week, one of us will present a part of the infinite escape room. This week, it's me, while the others will try and solve it. If they don't escape within the allotted time, then very unpleasant things might happen to them. And if they break anything they're not supposed to, they will lose their deposit, which this week is a stable internet connection for the rest of time. Okay, that's Oh, no, just, no, 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 yeah. that's serious, no. Yeah. That's a big... The, the st stakes are high, I don't, I don't play. <laughs> so, I'll be ready. I yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I love. I love the question mark at the end of that. Then. <laughs> I wish we were videoing this because Brandon and Cece are so animated. It's like, good. <laughs> Jamie and I could be still photographs for for all you guys are seeing in motion. You guys are like, well, you all over the shop. Classic British stoicism. Yeah, we're used to being uh, yeah, seen. Yeah, we're like, no one's looking at us. Why are we doing these facial expressions? No. I mean, we're we're enjoying it. We're really enjoying it. I'm just I'm just wishing we were videoing it. Jamie, why aren't we a YouTube channel now? Well, I think if we did the Infinite Escape Room on the likes of Twitch, people would just think our internet connection's gone down because, like, guys, you're not you're not moving. No, this is just this just this is just how we are. We're British, damn it. We don't move. <laughs> if we're all ready, let's enter the Infinite Escape Room. Last time. After escaping from John's sneaky simian solution, you follow a large stone monolith down a slide and you find yourselves transported to an odd tea room, where a whole group of the monoliths from 2001 A Space Odyssey are sat ready to eat. In the last episode, you saw at least half a dozen of these monoliths, but on recounting, it's actually three. It's weird how that happens. The soft, thick pile carpet is a welcome relief under your feet, and the soft lighting in the tea room is actually quite pleasant. All around you, coming from nowhere and everywhere at once, you hear a soft jazz rendition of Also Sprach Zarathustra piped through the hidden speakers. That's the theme from Space Odyssey. Uh, as you gaze around the room, you can see that the room has been decorated to try and give it a sense of class and elegance. There's a large abstract painting that sits in an ornate frame, there's doilies covering most surfaces, at the centre of the room is an ornate round table, on which sits a set of plates and cutlery. The only thing that spoils this touch of elegance is the skeleton that's slumped against the far corner. And surrounding this table in the centre are three giant stone monoliths, standing perfectly equidistant from one another. As you approach the table, the monolith closest to you begins to glow with blue light at its centre. And as it does, you hear a voice in your head. Well, it's about time you got here. We've been sat here for millennia and we're all starving. The monolith next to it uh, begins to flash green and you hear it speak. Yes, time to shit or get off the pot, as they say. Afternoon tea starts in 30 minutes, and if we don't get the scrumptions we ordered, well, let's just say... The third monolith glows with an ominous yellow as you hear... If we don't get fed, you'll get dead, you get me? The kitchen's in the back. The glowing centre of all three monoliths fades and they become silent. As they said, 
you have about 30 minutes in which to serve the correct afternoon tea to these monoliths. And if you don't, well, let's just say you don't want a pissed off monolith. Quick, quickly get in your bearings. You can feel that you have your backs to a set of double doors. The table with the monoliths is in the dead centre of the room, and the door to the kitchens is on the wall directly opposite you. To your left, in the corner, is the slump skeleton, and to your right is the framed painting. Your time starts now. What would you like to do? Um, let's take a look at the painting. The painting looks like an abstract set of shapes and colours inside a gilded frame. There are two shapes side by side. On the left side, you have a long white rectangle horizontally on top of a long red rectangle, and it has the word Cornwall written underneath. On the right side, you have the same image, but turned upside down. A red rectangle on top of a white one. And underneath it says, Devon. Ah, I think I can explain this. Okay. So, uh, we're in a tea room. There's a thing, have you heard of cream tea before? Yeah, tea with cream in it. Oh, no, not quite. So it's it's kind of like um, it's sort of a, a thing you get at tea rooms in the UK, where it's like you get a pot, you get a pot of tea, and you get some scones, which I guess are like you might call them biscuits in the states, but like um, we know it's got yeah we scones yeah scones scones oh interesting you follow the scones cat. clotted cream yeah yeah clotted cream and jam um but uh, Devon cream tea is where you have the jam on top of the cream and Cornish cream tea is where you have the cream on top of the jam. And there's like this huge sort of turf war between the two of them over, which is correct. And buttering your scone the wrong way uh, with cream slash jam can get you like, you know, a raised eyebrow. So I guess that's what the pictures are depicting because the cream is on top of the red, which is the jam, and then vice versa. And the other side, the jam is on top of the cream. That's what I'm guessing. Okay. That sounds like a yeah reasonable assumption. Um, a quick question. Is this a uh, four-wall room? Like, I, I know you said skeletons on the left, the paintings on the right. Is it four corners? Uh, yes, it appears to be just a normal um, squarish room. Um, and the left side, the skeleton, please. Certainly. The skeleton appears to have been there a long time, and based on the dark smear on the wall behind it, you can only assume that it had been blasted by one of the monoliths. <laughs> and uh, as you approach it, you hear one of the monoliths speak, its centre glowing blue. Ah, uh, yes, that's poor Stanley. He tried to leave, and we just couldn't have that. So we, uh, uh, well... The other monolith starts to glow yellow. We fucking vaporised him. And then the green monolith chimes in. Yes, well, he was always trouble, wasn't he? Always looking out of that window, playing with those silly little flags of his, waving for help. <laughs> well, say la vie. Uh, you can see that clutched in each hand of the skeleton are the burnt remnants of two flags and a laminated guide to semaphore on the other. And I will paste the laminated guide for you in the chat. And for listeners, this will also be in the show notes for you as well. Oh. You said the skeleton was holding the two flags? Yes, uh, he was just holding the burnt remnants of, of those flags. So after he got vaporized, uh, those flags just became two sticks. Oh, I see. Okay, so he doesn't have the two flags anymore in his hand. No, just a pair of sticks. Got Is it. the skeleton positioned a certain way? Um, doesn't seem to be. It just seems to be sort of slumped in the kind of way that you would if you've just been vaporized by a pissed off monolith. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad the monolith told us about that he was waving flags. Otherwise, we might have thought he was a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh just to um, 
clarify, monoliths are, are they the uh, stones? Like, are they, what is a monolith? Yes. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you look at the monoliths on the table, you can see that they are um, sort of tall, narrow slabs of what looks like obsidian or a similar, like, sheer black stone. Like, they're flat, completely black, textureless, they're about nine feet tall. Uh, you do notice that whenever one of them speaks or makes a noise, you do see some words appear on them. Um, on the yellow monolith, when they speak, the name Arthur appears. Uh, on the green monolith, when they speak, the name Hal appears. And on the blue monolith, when they speak, the name Strauss appears. Strauss. And then the skeleton was Stanley. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then you said that there's a door to the kitchen. Is that open? It is, if you'd like to go through. Uh, let me just make sure there's nothing else. Uh, we always want to check the carpet, because, you know, that's Brandon's <laughs> thing. Usually there's nothing, but... Uh, so you hit the deck, you lovingly caress the carpet. It's thick pile. Good, authentic British shag. It feels lovely. You don't want to get up, because it's so nice. You almost want to have a little bit of a nap, but nothing untoward. Okay, what about underneath the round table in the middle? Uh, you get a little look into the table. The monoliths... They don't have eyes, but you can feel them sort of quizzingly look at what the hell you're doing. Uh, there's nothing underneath the table as far as you can see. And the doilies? Are there anything under uh, the doilies or on the doilies? Um, all the doilies are very ornate, very decorative, but you can't ascertain anything from them. Okay. And and then on the table, there are plates and cutleries. Any weird shapes or how many? Uh, so there's uh, enough cutlery and plates for each of the three monoliths, um, as if they're awaiting their their food. Um, the plates are clean, the cutlery's clean, nothing's been moved yet. It's all sat in waiting. Okay, nice. before we go in the kitchen, so just floor plan wise, we're in the middle with our backs to the door, the left side is the skeleton, the right side is the frame painting. What's on the other left corner in front of us and the right corner in front of us? Uh, let's say it's a, a hat stand and a piano. Which means not important, okay. thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Into the kitchen we go. Superb. So as you enter the kitchen through, uh, through the door, you see a fairly cozy setup. Uh, there's a fridge to your left, some countertops against the wall opposite you, on which sits things like a cake stand, some cutlery, some dirty plates. There's also a poster to your left of the Great British Bake Off and a clipboard attached to the wall on the right. Okay, so I guess clipboard. Uh, so you pick up the clipboard and you can see that it's a list of instructions on serving afternoon tea. Uh, I will paste this in the chat for you as well, but I'll tell them out to you as well. So it's a list of eight instructions. Number one, all food is to be placed on the cake stand in its correct tier, according to the Great British Etiquette. Two, make sure you arrange the foods so that Arthur, Hal and Strauss can each see their meal in a single column. Three, Hal is lactose intolerant. Four, no two vegetables go together. Five, Arthur likes lemon cake. Six, whoever eats salmon sandwiches likes their scones in the Cornwall style. The other two think this is insane. Seven, Strauss is a vegetarian. And eight, only one monolith eats food the same color as them. All right, so that's that. And then what about that? Did you say there was a post-it or poster? Uh, yes, there is a poster as well. Uh, so the poster shows a three-tier cake stand uh, with a text above saying the proper way to do it. Uh, on the poster, you can see that it's been arranged so that the bottom tier has sandwiches on it, the middle tier has scones on it, and the top tier has cakes. Cakes, scones, and sandwiches. Okay. 
And that is the poster. And then what was the other stuff in the kitchen? There was um some kind of uh, more de decorative things. Uh, yeah, so um, on the wall opposite the kitchen door, you've got some countertops. So you've got things like a cake stand, some cutlery, some dirty plates, that kind of thing. Place on the cake stand in the correct order. Okay, so it looks like we have to rearrange the the cake stand, arrange the food, meals in the single column. So how is the cake stand um, flip positioned right now? Because it says, so somehow you have to place it in like a column. So are they like, different columns on the cake stand? Um, if you want to take a, a closer look at the cake stand that is in the kitchen, um, the cake stand is a three-tiered metal stand. It's got a larger plate on the bottom, a medium-sized plate in the middle, and a small-sized plate on the top. And then around each tier, arranged in vertical columns, you can see blue dots, green dots, and yellow dots. My brain! <laughs> I can handle everything up to the dots. Is Mikey on yeah. our team? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know like, he was on our team the whole time. I thought he was like a sabotager. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mikey. I do that to other people, unless Jamie's done it to me without telling me. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of it. You're the king of sabotage. <laughs> Apparently I'm sabotaging it without even knowing I'm sabotaging. <laughs> I'm contributing. <laughs> um but genuinely, that did like the dots. Um, that that was that was like the one bit above my current cognitive capacity. <laughs> how are the dots positioned? Just like how many are on each of the plates? Uh, so there is one dot of each color on each tier. So if you look at the cake stand to the side and you can rotate it, you can see that there's um, a line of green dots, top, middle, bottom. You rotate it, a line of yellow dots, top, middle, bottom. Rotate it again, a line of blue dots, top, middle, bottom. Got it. Okay. So Strauss is a vegetarian. One the one thing we know, Arthur, Arthur has a lemon cake. Strauss is vegetarian, which means he's probably so the Arthur, salmon sandwiches. Arthur is yellow, so we should put like a, like a lemon cake on the yellow, on the top tier, the dot. Oh yes, of course, because the dots sync up with um, with the monoliths. Yeah. Oh, and that's the single column, of course, because they're seeing them, they're one over the top of each other, so they'll be facing them as they go out. Uh, Hal is lactose intolerant, so then that means he can't eat, like he's probably going to eat the sandwiches? No, he can't, because whoever eats sandwiches likes their scones the same way they like their Cornwall, and the Cornwall style has cream, so he can't be, it can't be him. That's why I think Strauss is the sandwiches. Well, I'm making an. I'm hoping I've got the Cornwall style thing right now. So it was the Cornwall was. Um, it is the uh, cream on top of the jam? I think so. Yes. No, each of them have to get something, right? Because he has he has cake scones and sandwiches. So technically, some of them could get like one cake, one scone, one sandwich, and some other people can get like two cakes, one scone. Like it doesn't have to be all sandwiches. No, I didn't say it's all sandwiches. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's what I what I was reading into. Like, mm. no veg two vegetables goes together. What does that mean? The sandwiches are vegetarian? As far as you can tell, you can't see any food in this kitchen to be able to know what it's available. Ah. Could could we have a little, like, investigate, a little dig around in the kitchen? You said there's a fridge. Could we go in the fridge? 
Yes, uh, it's a tall vertical fridge with a chrome finish. Uh, the door itself is locked with a five-letter word lock, though. Bastard. In first. First okay. lock. Okay. Uh, five-letter lock. Is it scone? You spin the dials to say the word scone, and it does not open. Friends like the brute force king. Shh. <laughs> uh, you should have seen my last episode. They were they were trying their best to think of every single five-letter word in the English language. So the lock box is a large metal cash box uh, locked with a five-letter word lock. Can we put drink as the word into the lock box, please, Jamie? Can we try the word knock? L-I-B-A-D. Right is a five-letter word. M-E-L-O-N. We haven't tried cokey. Can we try dream? Wow. <laughs> um, five-letter word. Hmm. Okay. Anything else in the kitchen that we have not examined? Um, the only thing that's left, I think, that you've not looked at is um, the dirty plates that are left on the counter. Oh, let's see that. Love dirty plates. Um, so there are um, a series of dirty plates that are left on the countertop, all with crumbs and the remnants of whatever these things last ate. And it looks like these things eat every couple of centuries because these this is this is a moldy shit. Um, but each plate does have a knife and fork just sort of left uh, on the plate as well. And I will put a picture for you in the chat and mm. it's in the show notes too. Hi, I'm Jamie, and I'm trying to reduce the handouts. <clears throat> two, two is uh, is surprisingly conservative for me. This is our five-letter word. Yeah. Uh, so each plate, like yeah, you said, has a fork and a knife. The one on the left is uh, it's kind of twelve o'clock and like twelve thirty. Okay. Uh, well, it could be six. Well, you, it's a letter lock. You said. Yeah. That is no, correct. but I'm just saying he's trying to describe in terms yeah, of time. So, so it's kind of like a six o'clock. Because it's top and bottom. Sure. And then um, then you have a six, like, 35. Six, 35. Uh, then you have a... Well, it depends on which one is the hour, which one is the minute. Then we can just, like, you know, go with it. So the first one, it's split in half, basically. You have the fork and knife forming a long line, splitting the plate in half. Yeah. Vertically. If we say the fork is the hour, then it will be 635. And then the next one will be uh, 1035. Um, then nine twenty, and then um, three fifty-five. Hmm. So I don't think it's numbers, though. Yeah, I mean, if you try and sort of make letters out of the shapes, but then I mean, the closest I like the first one could be an L or an I. The second one could be like a bit of an A, maybe. But then after that, my it all falls to bits for me. You gotta use the semaphore. Okay, let's uh, do it. Yeah. Oh, nice. so. Let's see. All right. So, I can do the first one. Hold on, let me pull this down. First one could be D. Where is the one that's like up and down? I think D looks relatively close. D? Um, sure. Yeah. yeah D. I'd, I'd say D because it's like good. one arm sort of straight and one arm kind of down straight. The yeah, second one's nice. an A. D Daisy? D-A-I? Yeah, Daisy. Why? It's Daisy. Can we try Daisy in a five-letter lock? Uh, sure. So you spin the wheels on the fridge lock to spell the word Daisy, and the lock pops open. Yay! Hey. Um, as you open the fridge, the little tune of Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer, do. Oh, Hal, of course. Um, it plays out a little bit in a very ominous way. Uh, inside the fridge, you can see there are um, three kinds of sandwich, three kinds of cake, and some scones that are filled with a layer of dairy-free cream and strawberry jam. Hello, Editor Jamie here. Now, you might have detected a slight hint of panic in my voice when I said the words dairy-free cream. Now, being a gentleman of moderate abdominal girth, I'm fairly well acquainted with the concept of what a cake is and what goes into making one. But this knowledge clearly didn't make it into the puzzle, as I'd completely forgotten that most cakes need butter, milk and cream to turn them into cakes. 
So imagine my horror when I realised I'd said that one monolith was lactose intolerant and then proceeded to load them up with cream filled scones and cakes, breaking the puzzle. So this panic backpedalling was only moderately successful. I think I got away with it. But now instead I created this weird vegan cafe that also happened to sell cheese and salmon sandwiches. Jesus, can you imagine the TripAdvisor comments? Anyway, back to the show. Yes. Um, when you bring them out, you can see that the sandwiches are cucumber, cheese, and salmon. And the cakes that you have are carrot, lemon, and Victoria sponge. So I think it's the lemon. What was it? Lemons, Victoria sponge, and? Uh, carrot cake. Yeah. What's in a Victoria sponge? Uh, stuff, eggs, um, flour, sugar, cake, cake things. Layer jam in the middle. <laughs> Hello, me again. Yeah, this is the point that I tried to cover for the fact that I've messed up. And I don't think I did a very good job, but I don't think they noticed. So Strauss has to get the Victoria uh, what was well, he? No, Wait, so you have sandwich, cake, and then also, what's the third category? Scones. Just like regular scones, all the way through? With dairy-free cream, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? Dairy-free cream and strawberry jam. Uh, one is with dairy-free cream? Uh, all of them have dairy-free cream. Oh, okay. So they're the same. All three are the same. Yeah. Star yeah. Strawberry, okay. Okay, got it. So let's see. So how is lactose? So he can't have the dairy cream. Sorry, so he can't, he can't have any of the scones. So how can only have what can he have? You know, cucumber. But Strauss is a vegetarian. Isn't this uh oh Strauss is the other guy? Okay. So Strauss is gonna have the cucumber and he can have the carrot. So I'm assuming the scones are uh some are placed with a cream on top, some with a jam on top. Um they all uh have cream on top and jam underneath. So it's like a like a sandwich kind of thing. It's got scone, jam, cream, scone. Okay, so then he can... I guess we could just flip one, couldn't we? Yeah. Don't tell the people of Devon, or Cornwall for that matter. <laughs> Wars have been fought, blood has been shed. Yeah. So carrot cake, Strauss has to have the carrot cake because there's cream in the carrot. And what's his name already has a lemon cake. What? Yeah. And vegetarians love carrots. Yeah, that's how I put them there. I put uh, cucumber, carrot, and scone for Strauss. Then I put salmon, lemon, and scones for Arthur. And then Victoria, how? But how can have cheese? Oh, so how can I have have no, salmon? No, salmon. And then Arthur has the cheese. Arthur has the cheese. Oh, because it's yellow. Arthur likes lemon cake, and one of them eats food the same color as them. Okay, good. All right, so I think we're good, right? But then Hal can't have scones because it's, oh, it's dairy-free anyway. Okay. So then now we have the green color, Victorious, and then one of the scones and salmon. Then for author, yellow, cheese, lemon, and scone. Then Strauss is the blue, cucumber, carrot, and scone. We, we need to do the scones in the style as well, though. So it's got to be the Cornish and the Devon style have got to be the right way around because one of them has it in the Cornwall style, which means the other two have it in Devon. Right. The uh, What's his name? Hal has it in the Cornwall style. Which means that Arthur and Strauss both have it in Devon. Yeah. Does that work? All right. So we well, have... Oh, hold on. Huh? You can't. It's wrong. What? It says no two vegetables go together. You can't put the carrot cake with the cucumber. I can't? Oh, okay. So then let's move the uh, carrot with the salmon then. You can't. He's lactose. You have to move the cucumber with uh, to Hal and salmon goes to Strauss. But Sa Strauss is a veg vegetarian, right? Yeah, but salmon is, I guess, 
I don't know. It's it's a it's a fine line. Are, are vegetarians not able to eat fish? No, I don't think so. Because I know some vegetarians do eat fish. They don't eat meat. Okay, so then we got to switch to cucumber. Oh, cheese, cheese and salmon. So salmon goes to Arthur. Cheese goes to Strauss. Strauss. Okay. There you go. And that means that Arthur is the Cornwall. Okay. Oh, we said Cornwall from Arthur before. So we just swapped the cucumber and the cheese, right? That's it. Yes. Okay. So let's run this. Um, Hell has the Victorian, Victorian, the scone, uh, that's the Devon style, and the uh, salmon. Then no, we... cucumber. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, you say it then. Because I have, I have so Hal else. has Victorian sponge cake, uh, uh, scone, cucumber, the Devon style, Devon style. Uh huh. Arthur has the lemon cake, salmon, Cornwall style. Strauss has the carrot cake, cheese, Devon style. Okay. Uh, so you put those, arrange those on the on the cake stand. You wheel them out in front of the three monoliths, and uh, in unison, all three flash red very angrily. And in unison, they shouted you to get back in the kitchen and do it right this time. Well, I had it with mm. salmon with hell. So that's why I got confused. I originally had it with salmon with hell. Yeah. And then I had cucumber with, with author. Is that not possible? I think it's safe to say that because you found the dairy-free cream for the scones, that the cakes as well uh, are similarly um, dairy-free. Hark! I do believe it is the sound of someone trying desperately to cover their arse. Oh, the cakes are dairy-free, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you said that because you can't it's put a carrot. carrot with cucumber. Yeah, but that doesn't mean Hal can't get carrot cake, even if he's lactose because it's dairy free. Mm-hmm. Is cucumber a vegetable? I think it might be a fruit. Seeds are on the inside. Te- technically, you are correct. The best kind of correct. However, that was not uh, that was not considered with this. I'm not that pedantic. <laughs> Is that a salad? It's a vegetable. <laughs> All right, so we are on the right track. By not putting carrot and cucumber together. Okay, so I'm assuming that Hal is carrot. Wait, Strauss, so you, you like Strauss the cheese? You like the cheese and the carrot and the scone. Um, so I had Strauss with cheese and carrot, um, and the Devon scone, and then I had with author cucumber, lemon, and the the Cornwell, and then the um, salmon with Victorian Devon with Hal. Uh, so you wheel out in front of the monoliths. All three of them begin to flash red menacingly and say, Get back and get it right. I think it's mm. a color thing. So Arthur likes lemon cake because Arthur is yellow, right? I think uh, Mikey said something about that before. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, my, that's my kind of my base assumption. I'm assuming cheese and lemons are both yellow. Right, so that means my... Hal is cucumber because he's green. No, but that's his assumption. It's not. It's not stated in the. List. Yeah, I know, but okay. If all the cakes are lacto, uh, uh, dairy free, then it doesn't matter who gets what, right? We just know that Arthur gets lemon because he likes it, and and it's specified in the instructions. Okay, I need a stylist. Oh, and I, only one monolith eats food the same color as them. I guess that could be cucumber, couldn't it? Maybe. Hmm. I I I'd, I'd instantly assumed that it was. Um, Lemons and yellow. Is food the same color as them? Only one, though. Oh, mm. uh, okay. So then, forget it. That's done. So it's still lemon and cheese, though. So Arthur is done. Lemon and cheese. Devin's done. So you're still saying lemon and cheese. 
Well, because he eats only his own color, which is lemon and cheese. Oh, okay. And Hal can't have the cheese because he's lactose intolerant, which means it would have to be Arthur or Strauss anyway. And Hal can't have cucumber because that is his color, which means he gets the carrot cake. Yes. So Strauss gets the Victorian cake, and then what's left? Salmon and uh, what's the other thing? Salmon and... Salmon and... Um... Cucumber oh, sandwiches. cucumber. So um, Strauss gets the cucumber. Mm. Uh, Strauss is a vegetarian. That scans. All right, I think I have so it. So then now. you have carrot and... Sa- salmon. Salmon. Okay, I think I have it. So Arthur gets the lemon cake and the cheese, Devon style, and scone, Devon style. Hal gets the Victorian cake. Uh, sorry, Hal gets the carrot cake and salmon, uh, Cornwall style. Strauss gets the Victorian cake and cucumber Devon style. I hope that's not what I said the first time. <laughs> okay, so uh, just to double check. So on the yellow dot, you've got uh, cheese, lemon, and uh, a scone. Which way is the scone for you? Okay. Lovely. Uh, and Hal, uh, the green dot, you've got salmon, carrot, and the Cornwall style. And then uh, for the blue dot, you have the cucumber, the sponge, and the Devon style. You put those on the the tiers of the cake stand, and you wheel them out in front of the monoliths. There is silence for a brief moment, and they begin to eat. Hey! If you can call it eating, it's almost like the food dematerializes atom by atom and flies into a small void in the center of each monolith. Either way, the sound of Mary slurping, chomping, and belching rings out loud in the room. And after one last mighty belch, the mouth voids grow larger and the three monoliths say in unison as they begin to pulsate. That was absolutely bloody delicious. We knew that giving your species a little technological leg up was the right thing to do. It's a shame we have to decimate your planet though. Budget cuts, you understand. But since you have pleased us, we'll leave a little slice of paradise for you to enjoy. The double doors behind you in the center and in the main room open up to reveal a lush forest that sprawls out before you. If you believed in such things, you'd swear this was the Garden of Eden. And as you look up, you can see a great glass dome that separates this paradise from an endless wasteland beyond. To be continued. And you have solved my puzzle. Congratulations. It sounds like we're... We're opening the doors and entering the Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, that, that'll be for Mikey's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Tribute. That is, oh. I always wonder, like, uh, do you guys sometimes try to leave like the ending really difficult for the next person to follow? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> like, like the sabotager. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. more often than not, we just sort of hand wave it away in the following episode. Just oh, suddenly you uh, blink and you're in the ocean. No, that's the weak <laughs> way out. You've got to like, you've got to really gum it together, like really badly, <laughs> like duct tape it together. It's that's the way it's got to be. And now, for some reason, I want scones. And it's something I can't have. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> J- Jamie, how long do we have left in the timer? Um, you add ooh, ooh, 39 seconds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but but you uh, but you you but you you were there. You were you were almost there for those, so I didn't want to give you any additional pressure. Um but you did really well. Like you yeah, I forgot how thorough you guys were in searching the room. Um you guys are pros, you know exactly what you're doing. So you found all the little tidbits to 
finalize the deduction puzzle. Um, I was kind of, I was hoping that you wouldn't have spotted that initially and would have had to go back and, and get it. Um, luckily, you didn't spot the lock straight off the bat. Otherwise, you would have clocked the semaphore puzzle immediately. Fair play, <laughs> connecting those dots. I had not made that connection at all. And you were just like, semaphore. Brilliant. <laughs> like, I think we also, it helps to also have played audio escape rooms before, which I think some of your audience probably doesn't really like and haven't like played the uh, as much as we have, like with the audio games. Um, but it definitely opens up our uh, imagination and also like where we place things. And now we know like to like draw it out and play. But there is a company that, uh, cause you were saying how um, extensive we searched the the we played games like that well, that this we had to extensively search and things that you know are underneath the table or like in the cracks yeah. of the chairs and yeah, yeah. no but the carpet. once i realized that when he was saying like certain parts are just like decor stuff you just don't want to spend time on it like yeah yeah that's what i mean there. we're more confined yeah. to and more directional in this uh game yeah you, you you'd be surprised how often like you'll you'll mention some innocuous piece of scenery as part of an episode and then for the next 20 minutes they will obsess over that one thing. Like, what if we kick it? What if we lick it? What if I wear it? What if I turn it upside down? Like, it's just set decoration. Please stop. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> but that's the fun part for being a game master. Like, you know, then you can do so much. You can... Yeah, but you definitely don't have a rabbit. You were like, I made the skeleton dance. Now he made this shape and this shape with his hands. <laughs> then people are going to start thinking, like, what is it? Is it a clue? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Anything you want to plug before? Um... Oh. oh, for us. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, website, escapetherumors.com. Uh, our social media is also uh, Escape the Rumors. Um, and also the way we spell our name is Escape the Rumors. <laughs> no spaces, all caps with a small ERS. Um, and uh, yeah, we recently had our tour. Uh, we recently uh, visited Doors of uh, Divergence in Brooklyn. Great game if you're ever making it over to New York. Uh, just because it's a local one, we want to give it a shout out. Yeah. Um, we're heading over to Barcelona and uh, next week. Next week, and Spain and Italy and France. Uh, I'm gonna try to visit a couple of uh, places there as well. Yeah, not really escape room related this time, but um, I li- a little we play a few, but uh, play a few. We're trying to yeah get a little more um, travel in there as well. But um, yeah, so I think you can definitely follow us on our uh, social media and also our store uh, story usually is where we tag our travels. Um, so you can definitely follow us there and then uh, tune in. Oh, uh, behind the masterminds. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, but every every, every other Friday, Friday, yeah, at four p.m. US uh, mm-hmm. New York time. Thank you so very much for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on all your podcast or streaming services of choice, as well as on our website, www.theinfiniteescaperoom.com. You can also follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter. Just search for The Infinite Escape Room on Facebook, and we're also at Tia underscore podcast on Twitter. If you enjoyed the episode, and I really hope you did, I'd be very much obliged if you could leave us a review. It's a huge help in getting more people to find out about us. So if you're on iTunes or Facebook or anywhere that lets you review podcasts, please consider saying nice things about us. Or if you'd like to support the podcast for as little as £1 a month, then why not consider joining our Patreon? Head on over to patreon.com slash the infinite escape room, where you can listen to episodes before they're released to the public, get your name yelled out on the show, and get exclusive access to our Discord community. We love you lots, and we'll see you next week on The Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.